Welcome to Living the Good Life Podcast, where we bring you messages, thoughts, and advice for living the good life. Today's message is brought to us by Brother Larry Dishman. When I ask you to take your Bibles and turn with us to the book of Daniel, chapter 5, beginning at verse number 1. Belshazzar, the king, made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, that the king and his princes and his wives and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood and stone. And in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand rode over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace and the king saw the part of the hand that wrote then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another then the king cried aloud <clears throat> Bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof, shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled and his countenance was changed in him and his lords were astonished. For the sake of time, we're gonna skip over a few verses here and come on over to verse number 25. And here we read, and this is the writing that was written, many, many, tekel ufersed. This is the interpretation of the thing, many. God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Paris, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and the Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. And in that night, while Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, was slain. My message deals with the subject. What's gonna happen when the party's over? we're given the opportunity to examine the life of a man in the word of God by the name of Belshazzar. 
He was a man of great wealth and of immense power. Yet, he was as poverty stricken in his soul as if he were a beggar. He was a great ruler of a vast kingdom. Yet, he was a man who was unable to rule his own heart. Belshazzar walked among the wisest men of that day. Yet, he was a man who ruled in ignorance of the most important things in life. This chapter gives us the only glimpse that we have of this man in the Bible. We're introduced to him while he's in the midst of throwing a wild party for a thousand of his lords. Belshazzar is like a lot of people today. They are living for this life only. So many people today are just living for this life. They are out to gratify their flesh with absolutely no thought of eternity. Amen, that was the life that he was living. There was a time in this party and no doubt many before this, he had some good times in the flesh while he was partying his life away. He wasn't stopping to think that, you know, I've got an appointment with death one day. One day I'm going to have to face God. And so many today are not stopping to think long enough that they're not going to be here forever, that there's a hereafter. What's going to happen to you, friend, when the party's over? I find three tragedies revealed in these verses. And I'd like to point out these three tragedies as I preach around this question. What's going to happen to you when the party is over? That's the reason a lot of people are not interested in getting saved. Amen. They party to live and they live to party. It's continuing on their mind. What I'm going to do tonight when I get off of work and what I'm going to do this Friday night and where I'm going to go Saturday night. Friend, it's just something that happens week after week, month after month, year after year in people's lives. Amen. First of all, it was a tragedy of a wasted life. Belshazzar wasted his life. I encourage you, friend, don't waste your life. Time is running out for you. And when time runs out, you can't buy back one moment of that time, even if you own all the gold in the universe. First of all, I'd like for us to talk about Belshazzar and his bottles. It was a night of drunkenness. It speaks to the evil of substance abuse and all that accompanies it. The Bible still says in the book of Proverbs and the 20th chapter and verse number one, wine is a mocker. Strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Somebody said, I think it's all right to have a little drink every once in a while. But the book of Proverbs lets us know in chapter 23, I believe it is, 
not to look upon the wine when it moveth itself about in the cup, when it maketh thy eye red. Friend, he not only said don't taste it, he said don't even look upon that type of wine that makes your eye red, that moveth itself about in the cup, and he tells the after effects. What will happen once you have begun to get drunk on wine? Drugs, alcohol, and other fleshly addictions are a temporary prop for weak people. Any stronghold of the flesh can cause you to waste your life. Any stronghold in your life can be defeated. If you're bound by drugs, that's a stronghold. Thank God it can be defeated. If you're bound by alcohol, that is a stronghold. Thank God it can be defeated by the power of God. Not only do I want to talk about Belchazzar's bottles, but Belchazzar and his blaspheme. The context of this party and this drunkenness. Belchazzar is ridiculing the God of the Hebrews. And he treated the one true God as if he were nothing. Many are still doing this today. They treat the things of God like they are nothing. They treat the church house. They treat the Lord's name as if it was nothing. They treat the word of God. They treat the Holy Spirit as if it was nothing. Not only Belchazzar's bottles and Belchazzar's blaspheme, but Belchazzar's blindness. Belchazzar had the opportunity to know about God because of his grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. Amen, he had the opportunity to seek into it and find because our scripture said, I have heard of thee. Belchazzar knew about Daniel. He also knew about Daniel's Lord. He knew what God had done for his father, Nebuchadnezzar, but he was willfully blind to these things. Many today are willfully blind to the condition that they're in. The truth is all around them. They've had of family members and loved ones down through the years that's lived for God. Amen, they've had opportunities. And no doubt some of you, you've had opportunities. God placed someone in your pathway that's prayed for you and carried a burden for you and talked to you about the things of God, but you haven't considered those things. Like Belshazzar, they have the evidence of changed lives, but they're blind and they're focused on their sins. Amen. And then we have Belchazzar and his belligerence. Even though Belchazzar knew the truth, he refused to believe it. Amen. He lifted up his fist towards the face of God in absolute defiance. He ignored the clear word of God. And when this happens, there's nothing left but judgment and friend that's so with you 
Amen. When you ignore the plain teachings of God's word and the warnings of God's word, there's nothing left but judgment. And the Bible says it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. God desires to save every sinner. If you're not saved, God desires to save you. And the Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And friend, that includes you. That little word, three letters, A-L-L. Amen. When God spoke that word, he looked down in time and he saw everybody. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And the Bible lets us know not only is it the will of God to save every individual, it's his will that every individual come to the knowledge of the truth. According to the first Timothy and the second chapter, God wants you to get saved and not just save you. He wants to lead you and guide you and direct you into all the truth. God's desire was so great to save sinners that he sent his son to die on the cross to purchase salvation to whosoever will can come and take the water of life freely. According to Hebrews 2, 9, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Amen. And once again, when the Bible says every man, God looked ahead and he saw everybody. God wants to save you. He made a way that you could be saved. As some folks get all off on this doctrine of predestination and they don't understand what the truth is concerning the doctrine of predestination. But I like to turn over to the book of 1 John and the second chapter beginning at verse number one where the Bible says, my little children, these things I write unto you that you sin not. But if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He's a propitiation for our sins. I believe that's talking about the elect. I believe that's talking about the saved. Amen. He's a propitiation for our sins, but thank God he didn't stop right there. He went on and said, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. And that took in my sins. That took in your sins. Thank God. Nobody's going to go to hell because their sins was not paid for. Christ paid the price. Amen. That all men everywhere could obtain this great salvation. Amen. He gave us his word to show us how we can get to him. He sent his spirit to call men to come unto him. And when people hear the word of God and know about the cross, when they're called to come to God by the Holy Spirit, they have a choice to make. Sinner friend, you have a choice to make. Amen. I say, friend, if you will heed the voice of God, you can be saved. If you reject the voice of God, then my friend, you will be abandoned to your own choice. 
People who reject the voice of God, say no to God over and over, friend, they'll go to hell and they'll have no one to blame but themselves. Every individual that will be in hell will have absolutely no one to blame but themselves. Oh, Belshazzar is an example of a wasted life. If these things describe your life, you need to repent and come to Jesus for forgiveness. And then I want to talk to you about the tragedy of the wrath of God. Belshazzar issued a challenge and the Lord answered it. Amen, Belshazzar is shaken to the very core and he sees the hand of a man writing on the wall. And old Daniel is brought into the banquet hall. First of all, Daniel gives Belshazzar a history lesson. And then he goes from there and he gives Belshazzar a theology lesson. Daniel already knew what was going to happen to Babylon even before he walked in the room. How? Because he had been reading in Jeremiah and the prophet had already revealed what God was going to do. Amen to Babylon. Sadly, Belshazzar had gone too far. Sinner friend, you better stop and think for a moment. You can go too far. The words of Daniel come too late to save his soul or penetrate his hard heart. Belshazzar is about to face the wrath of the Almighty God. The grand jury of heaven convened and returned a four-point indictment against Belshazzar. He had numbered his days, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. The time of judgment had already arrived. The fact of God's wrath. Somebody said, what well, God is love. I know that. I preach that. And thank God that he is a God of love. But he's also a God of wrath. Never think for an instant that God won't judge sin. The focus of his wrath. God's wrath is focused on sin and rebellion. Belshazzar crossed a line and he had to face the wrath of God. God hates sin and he will judge sin harshly. This is why sinners need to repent of their sins. They do not understand that there's a judgment day coming. Friend, you need to understand, God is not an old grandfather sitting over in heaven who winks at men's sins. He's a holy God that must be feared the finality of God's wrath. Why was it that Belshazzar's knees 
begin to smoke one another. As soon as he saw the fingers of a man's hand appear upon the wall, why was it that his countenance was changed? He didn't know what it said, but he knew from the way he was living that this is not good news from heaven. His conscience flew in his face and said, Belshazzar, this is bad news. What are you going to do, friend, when the party's over? Belshazzar is offered no options and no alternatives. It's time to pay for the things that he's done. Sinner friend, if you don't repent, if you don't get right with God, there's going to come a day when God's going to bring an end to your life, and it's going to be time to pay. Payday, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, that today is the day of salvation. Now is the appointed time. Right now is the day of salvation. But there will come a day, there will come a time when it will no longer be the day of salvation. Mercy and grace will be exalted. And in that day, nothing will remain but death and hell and the judgment. So I encourage you, I beg of you, I plead with you, Come to the Lord while there's still time to repent and get right with God because one day it's going to be too late and the choice is yours. I can't make the choice for you as much as your dear pastor, Brother Decker, loves you. He can't make that choice for you. You have to make it yourself. Bill Chazer died a sudden death in that night, the Bible says while Belshazzar partied. Somebody said, what happened? His enemies were encamped around Babylon and he believed that Babylon was safe. They were said to have enough food stored up to last 20 years. There was plenty of water from the Euphrates River, amen, which besected the city. And Babylon, my friend, was surrounded by a series of immense walls and some as high as 300 feet. There were guard towers and soldiers and Belshazzar believed that his city was unconquerable. He thought his kingdom was gonna continue for many, many years. However, Darius, the opposing general, had his troops to divert the water of Euphrates. And when the water levels fell low enough, his troops simply marched right under the walls and they marched into the city and they found Belshazzar. And Belshazzar was slain. Belshazzar died a sinner's death. Death's gonna come to me one day and death's gonna come to you. Amen. And when death comes, most of the time it's a shock. Death can come when you're not ready for it. But it does not have to catch you unprepared. 
you can get ready for death. Amen. Amen. So that when death comes upon you, you can be like the Apostle Paul and say, for me to die is gain. It wasn't gain for Belshazzar. It wasn't gain for the rich man in Luke chapter 16. It wasn't gain for the rich man in Luke chapter 12. It wasn't gain for Judas Iscariot, who Jesus said it had been better if you'd never been born. But to the child of God, to die is gain. Here's the most tragic part of the passage. Belshazzar died horribly and went to hell. And he's still there. I believe that Belshazzar is just like the rich man. I believe that he hears over and over in his mind, thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. Think about having to listen to something like that in your mind throughout the ceaseless ages of eternity. Remember, Belshazzar, remember your father, your grandfather, Nebuchadnezzar. You knew better. You had an opportunity. Thou art weighed in the balances and found wanting. Things did not have to turn out this way for Belshazzar. He knew the truth about God, yet he failed to act on it. He shook his fist in the face of God and turned away from the Lord, and he died in that condition. I plead with you, don't let it happen to you. You do not have to die in your sins. Jesus died on the cross and made a way that you could escape the damnation of hell. The ending of your life is yet to be written. Your heart is still beating. You can acknowledge your sin and receive Jesus into your heart. Won't you come to him? He loves you. He'll save you if you'll come. Thank you for listening. If you found this message helpful, please share this episode with your friends on Facebook, Messenger, or your favorite social media. If you have questions or suggestions, please message us on Facebook by searching Living the Good Life Show. A big thank you to Sister Rachel Fowler for all of her editing expertise. Until next time, keep living the good life.